Are you looking to get the word out and help grow your business? Hey, it's Andrew from Over the Line, the podcast. We are looking to partner with brand new business owners to help grow their business and get the word out to our listeners so we can link them up with the best businesses around. They spend their hard-earned money on these products, on these services, and we want to make sure we get them teamed up with the right people. If you're interested in teaming up with this podcast and letting people know about your business, contact me, Andrew, at OverTheLineShow.com. That's Andrew at OverTheLineShow.com. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. of the month of March in 2019. That, my friends, is a big deal. It is a big deal for me. It may not be a big deal for you. Y'all may have not even missed it. I don't know. But as you know, uh, I had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, my my grandpa passed away after battling some, some nasty sicknesses and all that kind of stuff. So we dealt with funeral stuff. Also, rearranging the schedule for when we record this thing, we have moved over to the nighttime. Now, that, well, I, I was going to say it doesn't affect you that listen to the recorded podcast, but maybe it does because you probably listen to it in the middle of the day or in the evening. Just know that uh, if you don't listen to the show live, then you will be more than likely either listening to it really late at night or you will be listening to it 
the next morning. I'm working on getting my levels right. This thing swaps up, and I think it's because the, the temperature in Alabama never stays consistent, and it messes with all my electronics because they're exposed to the elements. I mean, they're housed, but they're exposed to the temperature. So, uh, overthelineshow.com is a website. As you guys know, you can find us on any of the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, CastBox, blah, 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 blah. You know the drill. I do have a spe- a, a very special guest, a Sperry Vessel guest with me today. And it's somebody I've been asking to be on the podcast for a while. And this person just made excuse after excuse. I'm just kidding. They had stuff to do. But she was a little nervous about coming on. And uh, she is uh, she's not going to be on camera for the majority of the uh of the podcast here just because we weren't really prepared. This was kind of last minute gimmick we're doing, but my lovely girlfriend Trish is with me and this is kind of a big deal. Trish, how are you doing? How are you feeling about being on your first episode? I couldn't avoid it any longer. I'm excited. Are you excited? You ready to see the pup? Oh, we've got, uh, we've got our new addition to the family as well. You can come over here. There she is waving. How about that? Let's see this guy. Oh, here. He's been farting, by the way. <laughs> it's been miserable. And it stinks so bad. All right, for those of you watching the live video, come here. Ugh. This is called Joshua Dobbs, the show dog, the podcast dog. He is a, he's even got a little tag. It says Dobbs. Little, his name is Joshua Dobbs Lincoln Franklin Roosevelt Caswell. He has 15 names. He does. He's got a lot of names. Mm-hmm. But here he is. He's very nervous. Where Trish was the one that was nervous all this time. <laughs> he's actually one nervous. And he's got the nervous farts. And they stink. Do they not? It's been brutal. They smell really brutal. bad. Uh, you want me to take he's, him a, back? he's a Shiba Inu, as you see. Just waved everybody. Uh, that's a very expensive dog. My mom, actually, she raises those dogs. So she uh, she hooked us up with that one. I mean, those things are like, what, $1,500, $2,000 for those? And she told me, she's like, we just had a litter. and uh, We got the pick. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing was, we, we were supposed to get the run. She's like, this is the one. We didn't think this one was going to survive. So, um, but it did. But it's going to be the runt. And, and most people aren't going to spend $2,000 on the runt of the litter. She's like, so we'll hook you up. And then by the time it got to us, it turned out to be the prettiest dog in the whole bunch. Yeah. So uh, we basically screwed my mom out of $2,000, yeah. which I'm sure she's real excited about. <laughs> uh, again, overthelineshow.com. Before I get started, I want to, um, and we're trying to, to do a, a, a whole thing where we're learning how to do the podcast with multiple people. Um, and so there may be... For those of you listening, maybe a bit of an echo, but we're trying to work that out. We got soundproofing coming. On, it's on the way and all this other stuff. It's just, I know y'all have been hearing me talk about how we got this coming and that coming, but I'm serious. Just trust me. Right, babe? Trust me. One of these me. days. That's right. Trust me. One of these days. Uh, NickTheMarketer.com. I want to tell you about Nick the Marketer before we get started because this is very important, vital information that you will need to live a successful life with a successful business. Think about this. 
you've got a business, uh, a small business, something big, you're a contractor, you provide services, you sell hemp oil, you do embroidery stuff, or you do a podcast, anything like that, and you know that you need a digital footprint, that you need a website, you need something for people to go to online to be able to look up what you're doing, what you're providing, whatever, but you don't have it. And then you never get it. You slack. You just wait around. You think, ah, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, my work's going to speak for itself. I can just go with the brick and mortar. I don't need to be online, blah, 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 blah. And then a year down the road, your business crashes and burns and you file for bankruptcy and your life's miserable and your wife leaves you and your kids hate you because uh, your wife told them a bunch of lies and then your life's over. And you know why? All because you didn't get a website for your business. Sure All that. All that happened because you didn't get a website for your business or you didn't you didn't go to the right person to handle your website, to handle your social media stuff. Nick the marketer is that guy. I can vouch for this guy and, and I'm not on here just saying um Nick the marketer paid me money so I'm just telling you to go visit his site cuz actually he's not paying me anything. Nick the Marketer is a good friend of mine, and I've seen the absolutely amazing work he has done over years. He does amazing work. So if anything, if you've got website needs, you need somebody handling your social media, this is the guy to go to. I want you to call him, and I want you to tell him you heard it right here on the Over the Line podcast. No matter where you are, where you're listening from, hit these guys up and tell them. And even if, hey, even if you don't need a website, go check check out his website anyway send him a message on facebook say hey i really like what you guys got going on and i really appreciate you supporting over the line the podcast uh at least when andrew is willing to get off his fat rear end and do it again nick the marketer.com 205-610-9550 i'm sorry 205 610-9550 again nick the marketer Dot com. Now, we got that out of the way. It took me 10 minutes to get through all that. But I had to introduce Trish, had to introduce Joshua Franklin, uh, Lincoln Dobbs, who is still farting. He's got the nervous farts. I'm I, dying I must, over here. <laughs> I must be stopped up because I don't smell it. Here, take him. Let me, hold on. <laughs> Let me see this dog. Gladly take him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo! There it is. Take him back. I don't want him back now. Throw him on the couch in the green room or something. (laughs) That's disgusting. Uh, Anyway, you are excited to be here. Yes. I'm excited that you're here. I know you are. Because you know how I've harassed you till no end. Yeah, I ran out of excuses. You you sure did. And you may have to, like, lean up towards that mic. Okay. Well, I told you we were going to have to just do this on a whim and, like, wing it, trying to figure out what's what. Right. And it's not just you. It's I had the same problem with Homeless Mike. He ended up being super... Low. No, he ended up being super loud, actually. Oh. But I thought he was too low, so I cranked him up. And then he started eating all the hot stuff and <sighs> breathing into You're the mic. You're not torturing me with anything tonight, are you? No, we do have uh, we do have a pack of the Death Nut Challenge 2.0. Remember, Opie ordered it, and he sent I mean, it here. I'll do it if you want to. <laughs> Uh, well, it's not mine, but I guess we can just ask for forgiveness and just oh, do it babe. anyway. I'm going to have to put this dog away. Go sit him on the couch. Oh, this is bad. Here, I'll cut your mic off too. Okay. Go sit him on the couch. <laughs> I can smell it too. That is absolutely disgusting. 
so disgusting. Um, I also look. She she forgot she had her headphones on. She almost she almost shut down the whole podcast just now. <laughs> look, he's happy. Wait, what's he doing? Lay down, bro. Lay down. He's looking at you. He he just wants to make sure you're not leaving. He's trying to decide if he wants to actually lay down and get comfortable. Okay, that's much better. <laughs> uh, for those of you that follow me on social media... Oh, there he goes. Look at him. He's so comfortable now. For those of you that follow me on social media, you heard my story last night, so I don't really want to go through it, at least in long form, but I need to tell it for the people that didn't hear it. Okay. The people that, that listen to the podcast. You heard it for the first time when Facebook did as well. <laughs> Right. Uh, long story short, I am a Lyft driver. I am an Uber driver. Y'all know this. It's it's kind of what I do to make ends meet. And um, you always pick up some characters, some cool, some not so cool. Like I gave a ride to a defensive tackle from the Birmingham Iron today. You know, we uh, we see all kinds of characters, and Trish knows this because she does it as well. Right. She did it. Um, uh, for she did it yesterday. Yeah, and had some meth head that was complimenting <laughs> her the whole way, and then asked her to help him carry his bags to his room at the meth hotel. And uh, that was the no. She she gave him a big fat no for that one. <laughs> but uh, me on Saturday, I believe it was. Uh, I went. I got a request for the UAB emergency room. And I roll up there and I look around. I see people standing around. I also see a guy in a wheelchair. And he's a small fella. Um, and I'm like, not trying to be mean, uh, not trying to be ugly. I think people in wheelchairs are awesome. I just didn't want to go through the hassle of having to do all the extra stuff this guy needed. Mm -hmm. And if he was my ride, I wasn't going to be like upset about it. I was just, it was my first thought. I was being selfish. Right. Turns out it was. We'll call him Mike. Okay, so Mike is the the wheelchair guy at the emergency room. But you're always a little nervous when you pull up somewhere and you've got to try to figure out who you're picking up. Oh yeah, that that's also because when I pulled stressful. up to the sketchy hotel yesterday, that's all that ran through my mind. <laughs> right. What is about to climb into my car? Which one of you, which one <laughs> of you meth head crackers is it that's right. getting in my car? Right. So um, it's Mike. All right. Now again, Mike is a little guy. I don't think he's a dwarf or a midget, but he does have some sort of disability that makes him really small. Uh, probably about 100 pounds. He also has some sort of disability that... Um, would you shut up, dog? You're distracting me. Hey. He also has some sort of disability that causes his legs to not be, like, functional, okay? Which, you know, when the legs aren't functional... That also means you're never standing on them, you're never exercising them, so they get weak and they're just little scrawny things. This guy had, you know, little dangling, small, scrawny legs. Spaghetti legs, if you will. Um, so Mike the Midget, he's not a midget, I'm just calling little him person. a midget. Mike the Little Person um, <laughs> rolls around to the side of my car. He, I open the door for him. He's got no problem just kind of scooting out of his wheelchair into my back seat. But then he asked me to disassemble his wheelchair and then stick it in the trunk. I have no problem doing that, so I do it. I take it apart, put it in the trunk. I get in the car. We get on the road. Only four or five minutes down the road to one of the bigger buildings in Birmingham, the City Federal Building. 
his girlfriend has got an apartment there. And I'm like, okay, cool, no problem. This will be in and out, no big deal. So we, we pull over, and the way the curb set up, I couldn't get right beside it to where I could have his wheelchair sitting right beside the car. He could just scoot out of the back seat into his wheelchair after I took it out, set it back up, blah, 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 blah. Um, so he sits there and he ponders for a minute, realizing that that's the case, that he's not going to be able to just do it himself. And he says, do you mind just putting your hands up under my armpits and picking me up and just sitting me in the chair. And in my head, I'm thinking, no, there's no way I'm going to do that. I'm not. Mike, the midget, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Um, But what came out was, yes, I will do it. So I end up, that dog's like inhaling. Uh, Insulation. Yeah. <laughs> He was eating it just a second ago. Oh, that's not good. No. That's. I may need to take the pup inside. <laughs> yeah, we may need to do that. You want to go ahead and do that? Yeah, I'll go do that. All right. right. Let me, uh, anyway, she's already heard this story, so it's fine. So uh, Mike asked me, hey, will you put your, your big normal hands under my little tiny armpits, pick me up, and just set me in my wheelchair? And I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. I'll do it. So I pick him up. He's a lot heavier than I anticipated. Like I said, he's 100 pounds. He looks like he's 20. He's about 100, 110. I pick him up, and I get him halfway from my my driver's side, or I'm sorry, my back door on the passenger side to his wheelchair. And as I'm transferring him with my own hands, his pants and the shorts that he wears beneath his pants begin to slide down his little spaghetti legs all the way to his ankles. And at that point, I'm holding up Lion King style a, a little person in the air that has no pants on whatsoever in the middle of downtown Birmingham. It was an absolute nightmare. And there are people driving down the street. There are people walking down the street. I know what I would think if I would have seen this scenario. If I would have turned the corner on 3rd Avenue North and I would have seen a grown man holding a little person up in the air with no pants. And I wouldn't be thinking good things. So I have to imagine that's what everybody else was thinking. It was one of the more traumatizing moments in my life. Much like the time at the water park where I almost killed a 10-year-old child by falling on him as he came down the water slide behind me and knocked my legs out from under me. Uh, it was one of those moments. Completely embarrassing. And it's a, probably a story I'll be telling for a long time. But anyway, in case you didn't hear that story, that is the story. So, welcome back, Trish. Thanks for the babysitting and putting the dog back. Um, I did want the podcast people to see the dog so at least at least we accomplished that yes so i appreciate that part um let me talk about a couple headlines real quick uh first of all we have uh tucker carlson in the headlines now y'all know tucker from fox news he's actually if you're listening to this podcast live he's on fox news right now he's on from seven to eight central time right uh, Monday through Friday, 
and I love Tucker. Tucker's always been great. He's a he's the head of of the Daily Caller publication. He used to be a host on MSNBC, uh, a, a contributor to to many different publications. Just an all around good, smart, intelligent guy, and a very dangerous guy if you are on the left. He is, um, he is a very very lethal weapon that conservatives have against the Democrats and, and the the Democrat liberal agenda. So when you have a situation like that, you have the left who goes out of their way to do whatever they can to destroy that person. Not not necessarily destroy them, although that would be very welcome from them, but to silence them to take away whatever platform they have. And we've seen this with so many people uh, on the conservative side. No, on, on, the, um, on the Democrat side, we see it, but we don't see it in a way where it's conservatives going after these people to silence them. It's just the fact that these people get exposed for being complete and utter freaks like Mark Halpern and whoever else and have to resign in shame. Conservatives don't go after the left like that, although I'm seeing some of that happen now, but that's another story. I think the Virginia governor blackface is a situation where conservatives dug up that blackface yearbook, Mm -hmm. but that's a new tactic because the right is getting smart and they are adopting some of the left's dirty tactics in the sense of taking them down. Right. And that needed to be done long ago because you're losing the fight when you're going to fight somebody that's playing dirty and you refuse to do so. Republicans have had a real problem for years with following the rules or being ethical. You can't do that anymore. Not when you're going up against these people. So uh, they want to silence Tucker Carlson. So what do they do? They start digging in his past. They try to find anything and everything. And I don't know how long they've been looking for something like this to uh, use against him. I I do not believe that this was something they just stumbled on a couple of days ago. uh, Like, I I don't think it's something they started looking for a couple of days ago, should I say. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's something they've been looking for for a while and they may have been sitting on this audio for a few days, a few weeks mm-hmm. and just looking for the right time to, to put it out there. And maybe this means something bad is about to come out about somebody on the left. So they're diverting attention. Yeah. yeah. Maybe on the Jeff Bezos, somebody, I don't know, but they're trying to get out ahead of it. There, there is a reason for them releasing this. This didn't just come out on its own. This isn't, I think Media Matters published the the video. This isn't just them. Oh, we came across this and we felt like it's important to let the American people know. It's not that. It's a, it's a it's a total and complete hit job, and anybody, any of us can see that from a mile away. So the scenario here is it's old audio from a radio interview Tucker Carlson did with the infamous Bubba the Love Sponge. Now, Bubba the Love Sponge is a person. His name is Todd Clem. He actually legally changed his name to Bubba the Love Sponge years and years ago. It is official. Um, But he has a a radio show, and and a radio show that has been very, very successful in the past out of Tampa. Now, 
He is friends with Tucker, and Tucker has been on the show many a times. But there were some... The, what what media matters, what the people that released this this audio did was take different clips from different interviews that Tucker had done with Bubba, appearances mm-hmm. he had done on Bubba's show. In particular, appearances that he did while Bubba was on Sirius XM. He was on the Howard Stern channels, which means you can do anything, you can say anything you want, there's right. no censoring, you can curse, whatever. So it's very raw. It's very honest, and they say what they want to say. Well, Tucker said some cuss words, and he said some nasty things, and blah, 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 but nothing completely outrageous. Uh, but the left has released that audio. It's like a collage, of a montage of different uh, clips, and they are demanding that Tucker Carlson resign. Now, Trish, you have not heard this audio. Am I, is that correct? No, I haven't. But you know about the story. We've yes. talked about it today. Yes. And uh, so I, I've got the audio. It's about, I think it's about 75% of the audio that they put out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably the the most incriminating, if you even want to call it that. And I went through and edited it so it's not real nasty and you don't get caught off guard playing it in front of your kids or whatever, even though it's still pretty derogatory. So I'm going to play that for you, and we'll just do a start-stop Willie. And uh, it talks about women in here, so I think it's important that we got you on the show today mm-hmm. so I can get your feelings on on the stuff he's saying and what it means for Tucker Carlson going forward. So let me pull this up. Right, Mel. Okay, where you at? I worked really hard editing this. It was not easy at all, by the way. Just so y'all know. What do I got? You need water? I need you, water. You can just say it. We're we're just we're gonna be unprofessional here. Oh, okay. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> That's what I'm doing today. I'm not doing professional podcasts anymore. I'm just doing hanging out. Uh, okay, here it is. Tucker Carlson, uh, a montage of several different interviews, clips from several different interviews. Here we go. He's not in prison for that. He didn't warn Jeff didn't marry underage girls. No, he, he's, in, he's in prison for facilitation of child rape. Whatever the hell that means. That means he's that... In prison. He's in prison because he's weird and unpopular, no. and he has a different... Okay, so... Let me. I'm going to start this over because I came in really hot on that <laughs> recording too, and I'll have to edit that out. But what he's talking about is, and I don't really know the story, but it's something about a guy who was part of this religious cult, and he was facilitating, or maybe even officiating, uh, marriages between guys that were older and girls that were younger. And when I say that, I'm talking underage girls with of-age guys. Right. Was he talking about Warren Jeffs out of Utah? Yes. Yes. Okay. And in this case in particular, they're talking Mm -hmm. about him uh, marrying a 16-year-old girl to a 27-year-old guy. Mm -hmm. And the, the courts are trying to charge him with, uh, child rape because of it. Even though, he didn't do it. He was, you know, obviously doing some weird stuff and he was marrying these people and it was just bizarre like some of those religious cults get. Right. Uh, but Tucker's making the argument that 
he shouldn't be charged with that. Somebody else should. He should be charged with something else. Okay. Anyway, I just want to give some context to that. So gotcha. that's what they're talking about right here. This is on the Bubba the Love Sponge show, Tucker Carlson. Well, actually, he's not in prison for that. He didn't warn Jeff didn't marry underage girls. No, he, he's, in, he's in prison for facilitation of child rape. Whatever the hell that means. That means he's that... In prison. He's in prison because he's weird and unpopular, no. and he has a different <laughs> lifestyle that other people find creepy. No, he's an accessory to the rape of children. That is a felony and a serious one at that. What do you mean an accessory? He's like got some weird religious cult where he thinks it's okay to, you know, marry underage girls, but he didn't do it. Why wouldn't the guy who actually did it, who had sex with an underage girl, he should be the one who's doing what? life. Okay. You know more about that story than I do. Right. So can you provide me some context to that story and well, maybe tell me what I'm missing? Well, basically it's just a polygamist. Um, He's talking about Warren, who is a polygamist that married. I can't remember how many wives he had, but he married underage girls. And it sounds like he's talking about the minister or something that actually performed the ceremony. Is yeah. That who he's talking about. Is that so, not yeah. Warren Jeffs no, that did that? No, he's the actual leader of that particular polygamist okay. group. So, so but, but Warren Jeffs was thrown in prison for life. Right, as he should have been. For being the leader of this thing that was allowing these illegal acts to go on. He wasn't just allowing it. He was married to, I can't, I would have to look up to see how many women he was married to, but he had, I want to say like 50 children and I can't remember how many wives, but. Could you imagine? No. Well, you can't imagine. No. I'm just saying for the guys out there, <laughs> I want y'all to listen to Watch me. your step. <laughs> Y'all know how much of a handful it is to handle one female. Could you and, and we'll talk we'll just keep this on marriage. Being married to one female. Imagine what it would be like with with what you have to keep a handle on and what you have to um what am I looking for? What you have to keep on the up and up with yourself and with your partner. Could you imagine Having how many? I'm looking now. I can't tell you. Like 1,700 wives. <laughs> Just, could you imagine having two? Okay? Now, women women get jealous. And I understand that you're probably married to women that are initially in uh, under the, the understanding that there should be no jealousy because it's a, a three-way deal or a four-way deal. We're all in it together. They may be gung-ho at that point but once you get so far down the line somebody's gonna get a little jelly yeah and we i mean we i don't like you, to share there's we, no way <laughs> well we've watched documentaries about uh, some of the, the the people like that we've actually watched one on him too oh did we, we probably slept through it <laughs> <laughs> but it says he was convicted of the rape of a 12 and 15 year old yeah but uh Here's what I'm wondering. With what Tucker is saying here, was there no proof that he actually did any rape? Or they did they charge him with that because he facilitated mm -mm. The, 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 the situation where that happened at somebody else's hands? Well, it sounds to me like they're actually just discussing the person that did the officiating, not Warren himself. Right. Okay, so it's kind of like if you rob a bank and someone gets killed and you're driving the getaway car, 
you're still responsible for that crime that happened inside the bank as well. Okay. I think that's what they're talking about. I could be wrong, but that's okay. what it sounds well, like. Well, I mean, me. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but Tucker is making the case in, in that situation that, um, you know, if, if he didn't do the actual rape, that he shouldn't be doing life in prison for that. That he was, he was, well, and he was making more of the argument uh, as of why he's in jail. And he was saying a big part of this is because he was just a weird guy, an unpopular guy. And when you're, you're part of one of these religious cults like that, you are an outcast of society. Nobody on the outside of your cult looks on you and says, that guy's pretty normal. I think I could have a beer with him. Right. You know, and, and in all honesty, if you think about it logically, it's very possible that that was a contributing factor because a jury is making that decision. A jury of his peers which are people on the outside of that cult looking in saying, these people are freaking nuts. They're a bunch of weirdos. Not that that's the sole reason. That may have just been a tiny, tiny sliver, but you have to admit that that, that had to contribute to it in some well, fashion. Well, I think the problem is that you've got children um, that are being mishandled by adults. They they aren't at the age where they can make the decision on whether or not they want to be in this cult or not. Right. And it's up to us um, to make sure that people are taking care of them do you know what i'm saying well what about in this situation where he's talking about a 16 year old female and a 27 year old male well i have a 16 year old right and um yeah i would press charges yeah right well of course um now if we go back as we know 30 40 years mm -hmm. 50 years even further back than that a 16-year-old marrying a 27-year-old... Was normal. Would not only be right. normal, but the, the female would be seen as uh, one of the older women to get mm -hmm. married. Because right. you're talking about back 14 and 13 years old. Right. Would be young back then. And we're talking about 70s and 60s, but it wasn't uh, absurd or seen as... Uh, child endangerment or child rape or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but that doesn't matter because things have changed. Girls are 10 times more immature at that age than they were back then. Back then, they had already been working and homemaking and they had more responsibility than most kids, uh, mine included, having their <laughs> pinky finger. Right. So. Anyway, that's that's where that is. I just wanted to kind of clear up what that story was about. I'll move on. There's there's more of this uh, Tucker Carlson on the Bubba the Love Sponge show. The, ra the, the rapist in this case has made a lifelong commitment to live and take care of the person. So I, it is a little different. I mean, let's just be honest about it. He's not accused of touching anybody. He is accused of facilitating a marriage between a 16-year-old girl and a 27-year-old man. But that's the accusation. That's what they're calling felony I know, rape. But in, uh, in our that's state, bullshit. Tuck, I'm sorry. Now, this, tuck, I'm not, this guy may be a total tuck, creep. Tuck, maybe a child rape. But I'm just telling you I that arranging a marriage between a 16-year-old and a 27-year-old is not the same as pulling a stranger off the street and raping her. That's bullshit. <laughs> Tucker's fired up. <laughs> Tell us how you feel. <laughs> and, uh, he is, uh, I mean, he he's making, the, the comparison he's making is obviously rational. But it's the fact that of how complicated that story is, you know, even from what we know, you know, you 
you haven't brushed up on it. You looked up to try to get some facts straight on it. Right. But, um... Well, I mean, this happened, like, in 2005, 2006, something around there. So it's, like... It's old. 10, old 15 news. years ago. Yeah. Uh, but that's the point he's making. So the left has taken that. That's, that's just one part of this. And uh, I guess they're trying to paint it in a light as... Tucker Carlson is okay with child molestation or something like you you know that's that's the picture they're painting with this right you know what in my brief experience you know what gets women going is arguing with them really yeah I didn't Brand I never use that it's true you debate politics with a woman and just go you know just full blown out there especially feminism if you're talking to a feminist and she's giving you a, a, well you know men really need to be more sensitive and this you know actually men don't need to be more sensitive. You just need to be quiet and kind of do what you're told. And lighten up a little. <laughs> I think he was joking when he said that. He was. Uh, I, I don't think he was serious. Uh, well, in that part, he's talking about feminists. Which, <laughs> it, if we're talking about feminists, especially the, the, the extreme feminists that are looking for to feminize men and all this other stuff, I'd say maybe they could use a little shutting up and, and finding a new hobby. I have one question for you. Okay. Who was in the kitchen cooking last night at our house? That was me, cousin. <laughs> but I wasn't told to. I made the decision myself. How about that? How about that? A little bit. Alexis Stewart, we run into her all the time. She seemed. Did I did I get this mixed up? Where are we at? Okay, let's back up. Men don't need to be more sensitive. You just need to be quiet and kind of do what you're told. And lighten up a little bit. Alexis Stewart, we run into her all the time. She seems like a. She seems awful. Yeah, they're, she is they're awful. Very, they're very. Seems extremely. I like to hear that word out of. Oh yeah, I just I stepped over me. She seems what? Now go ahead. She just does seem a little. Yeah, (laughs) you said it. I'm just agreeing with you. I don't don't use that word. Right. I'd love for Tucker Carlson tonight on MSNBC. A girl that comes across kind of. (laughs) (laughs) So there they are using the c word, which is one of the more offensive words that you could possibly use. And he's talking about, I don't even know who this chick is he's talking about, which it really doesn't even matter. It's about what he said. And this is what they're, this is the big blow up right now. Again, they're using this to silence Tucker Carlson. All this audio right here. I mean, I heard her, I, I mean, I, now I'm a Brent fan, so, okay, I'm stating my bias right out front here. But I heard her on with him, and I just wanted to give her the spanking she said. I actually want. Well, I love women, but they're extremely primitive. They're basic. They're not that hard to understand. Putting Paris and Brittany in a commercial with Obama is classic old school miscegenation, old South. Uncle Tom. Old, it's old South. These two, these two young white girls are going to be so da- dating a black man. So they're trying to say that he's coming for your pristine white no, daughters no, no, by so, putting so, two of the biggest so, white whores so, in America? So, so, <laughs> so uh, they, that's the Tucker audio. That, that's most of it. He's officially on my list. <laughs> well, the last part, he was just saying uh, women are easy to understand, which I will completely disagree with that. Right. And I think most guys would. Women are extremely hard to understand for us guys. Like, we can't, you know, if, if you ever, as a male, think you have women figured out, just wait, wait for the next day, and then you'll be corrected <laughs> very quick. The, the female will correct you right then and there and say, no, you don't understand me, and here's why. And then she'll start crying, and then it's, it's you know, it's a big blubbery mess after that. So um, there it is. And, again, he was on Bob the Love Sponge, and, and and that holds a special place in my heart that it was on the Bob the Love Sponge show because 
you guys, some of you guys may know, because I've talked about it on the radio before, but Trish knows in particular, because I'm constantly talking about the guy. Um, I'm a big Bubba the Love Sponge fan, and I think they've put on, over the years, some fantastic radio. And the reason it was so good is because it was so raw, and it was so real, and they pulled no punches but they got on there and they just they just did their thing they were just themselves i mean there were people uh producers having mental breakdowns co-host getting drunk on air and and trying to fight people you know just crazy stuff like that and it was just it's an amazing show and it's still on now but they're not on terrestrial radio they strictly do an online thing so we're currently trying to get Bubba the Love Sponge on this show to right. do an interview. Um, we've got that request, and he actually retweeted me on Twitter today, which I was very excited He's about. He's so starstruck. I was. I was very <laughs> starstruck. Um, but we're going to try to bring him on the show, especially since he is in the headlines. But even if he weren't wasn't in the headlines, I actually put in the request before. Probably two or three weeks ago. Yeah, all yeah. this came down the pipeline. So there's plenty we can talk about with him because you've probably seen him in the news before from everything from the Hogan sex tape that involved Hulk Hogan and his wife, um, uh, ratings tampering, radio wars down in Tampa, all kinds of lawsuits. He once almost got sent to, to prison for animal cruelty because they had a barbecue with listeners live on air and they had a guy bring a live hog out. Uh, and this was a professional hogger or whatever you call him. <laughs> and he he knew how to properly and humanely kill the animal and then prepare it to throw yeah. it on the grill. And so that's what that's what happened at the live remote. But they piped in a bunch of pig squealing sound effects and stuff and made it seem really dramatic on the radio. People lost their minds. And PETA lost it. And they tried to throw him in jail over it. Um, but that's the kind of stuff we can talk to him about. Anyway, this stuff with Tucker Carlson is the same thing that we've seen with the likes of Bill O'Reilly and others. These guys are looking for anything and everything. And maybe it's a little different because this is these are things that Tucker Carlson's actually said. Uh, but with the O'Reilly stuff, it was nothing more than accusations. Right. And once they disappeared, or once once O'Reilly finally got booted off air, the accusations disappeared. But he is now labeled as a a rapist in leftist circles. Right. And he won't be able to get rid of that. They're they're never gonna stop calling him that because they feel like it was the same as a guilty plea when he got booted off air. So and I personally think Bill O'Reilly is innocent on that front because i've watched it happen to so many people you know you yourself trish you can name a handful of situations where people were falsely accused everything from duke lacrosse to uh you know other conservatives that have been silenced because of it at least temporarily and we should as a country really make a move to uh, prosecute those that make those false accusations. I know there's filing a false police report, so on and so mm -hmm. forth, but I think the stakes need to be raised, but you also have to be careful because 
you don't want to put something in there that is also going to deter people who are actual victims from, from coming, coming forward, forward exactly for fear of well it happened but what if i don't have enough evidence and they say it's not true something mm -hmm. like that because that yeah. happens yeah that's very that's very true there are people that get off the hook that are guilty of this stuff and the accuser has come forth so we'll keep an eye on that stuff tucker carlson responded to that uh to the backlash and to many, many people calling for his resignation. Let me see here. I've got his response right here somewhere. Oh, come on. Where you at, Tucker? Oh, here we go. Tucker responded on Twitter saying, Media Matters, which is the outlet that, that put this out. Media Matters caught me saying something naughty on a radio show more than a decade ago. Rather than express the usual ritual contrition, how about this? I'm on television every weeknight, live for an hour. If you want to know what I think, you can watch. Anyone who disagrees with my views is welcome to come on and explain why. So Tucker's not out here saying, oh, it wasn't me, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. He's like, I said it, it was a decade ago, who cares? You want to know what I really think about issues? I tell people every single night, all across the world, on TV. So bring it. Tucker's a type of person that won't back down. And it's going to take situations like that to force the left to stop pulling this stunt. Because say that what Tucker said was nefarious and mean-spirited and offensive... Tucker Tucker hasn't hurt anybody. And he's not running for public office. He's not doing any he doesn't hold any power other than he's the <laughs> entertainment for your grandma every night at seven o'clock. That's it. He's not making legislation. He's not doing anything. There are plenty of, of nasty people that have actually committed crimes that have shows just like Tucker. You've got tax evader Al Sharpton. Who, um, who should be in prison for right. avoiding taxes, but he's got a show on MSNBC. <laughs> Joy Reid has been busted saying very uh, anti-gay, homophobic, nasty, nasty things about groups of people. And she's still on the air every single weekend. Nothing's done about these people on the left, but they expect when they bring this stuff out about somebody on the right that We've got to take action against that person. And the reason they think that is because of what I said at the beginning of the show. The right and the conservatives have played by the rules far too long. And the left knows that. And they're taking advantage of that in the sense of saying, look, you know, you've got to do the right thing. you got to cut this guy loose. But do you think some of it's because a conservative audience expects more from well, yeah, and I and, 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 a, and the you know other side, if you will, right? Um, brush everything. They brush things under the rug. They make excuses. They don't worry about what their um, politicians are doing or what their yeah. They don't care. They don't care. They, so they don't, they, it wouldn't do any good to slander 
someone on CNN or, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, they, they don't mind contradicting themselves. Yeah. The champions of the Me Too movement have no problem with turning a blind eye to one of their own being accused of sexual assault or sexual harassment. Well, I mean, you can have a CNN anchor getting high on TV and they don't care. I <laughs> <Right>. mean, <laughs> Don, Don <laughs> Lemon's getting drunk and yeah. he's, uh, you know, calling white people the biggest, uh, big, bigger threat to this country than terrorists. Well, I'll tell you who should be concerned about Tucker's comments is the females in his life. No, right. <laughs> the actual female in his life. Well, and he's... Uh, He's married. I think he's been married for 30 years to his high school sweetheart. Yeah. So he doesn't talk like that at home, I can guarantee Well, you. <laughs> something tells me that his wife probably rolled her eyes, but she mm -hmm. wasn't surprised by the comments. And Tucker's, he's, if you've watched him over the years, he's, he's tamped it down a lot. He used to be brash and bombastic, and he used to not even really be a conservative. He was actually more left-leaning than anything, and then it was one of those situations, like with many people, the left or the Democrat Party left him behind mm -hmm. because they kept going left. Right. And he came to the realization, hey, I guess I'm I'm uh, conservative. But another thing to point out, I, I saw this on, um, on Twitter, and Donald Trump Jr. retweeted somebody. His name... Uh, was uh, author Jack Posobiec. Posobiec. I probably should know this guy's name. I'm embarrassed. I shouldn't even say his name. I'll just say I saw it on Twitter. So he tweets three different pictures, and it says, uh, the Washington Post really, really wants Tucker Carlson fired for some reason, but I can't quite put my finger on it because the Washington Post is doubling down on this stuff. They're like making themselves the champion of of this particular story. In these pictures that he posted with it, it's uh, screenshots from his show and the headlines over to the side and, and at the bottom, it says investigating Jeff Bezos, who is CEO of Amazon mm -hmm. and who also owns the Washington Post. Right. This is why the Washington Post is so adamant about Tucker getting fired. The other picture says Amazon relies on discredited SPLC to banish conservative groups. So attacks on conservatism. He's doing a story there. Another one says some Amazon workers rely on food stamps to live when they were exposing what Amazon workers have to go through. Some are peeing in bottles during work because they don't get a bathroom break. Blah, 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 blah. So you can imagine that it's not a stretch to say the Jeff Bezos-owned Washington Post really wants Tucker Carlson gone because Jeff Bezos wants him gone. But uh, that's another story. Again, the left will defend their people to the death no matter what. Um, if you recall... One of the more recent guys that said some of the nastiest things, things especially when it comes to this this uh, sexual assault of minors, was James Gunn. And there are screenshots out there of all the things that he used to tweet, like about, um, uh, I like it when little boys touch me in my silly place. That's a that's a tweet from this guy. 
And the rest of them, that's actually one of the more PG tweets out of this group right here. The left defended this guy until they had no choice but just silently walk away from him and say, and, 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 and act, just say nothing, act like, you know, hey, we were never defending that guy. I don't know what you're talking I don't even know it. What are you talking about? <clears throat> so uh, the, the hypocrisy is real. It always has been. I want to take a quick break. And if Trish can stick around, she sure. can stick around. I got I got another story I want to talk about. Now, this is going to be a short podcast, but uh, I need to at least put this one out there. It is about um, Bill de Blasio. You know Bill de Blasio. He is the mayor of New York City, and he is introducing uh, new laws on school lunches, and it involves the title... Meatless Monday. Oh, Meatless Monday. You would die. I would die. <laughs> we'll talk about that on the other side. Y'all hang tight. My lips. I live. I live for moments like this. Steady rain, girl. I know you won't miss. I wish that you ain't for the blood of my heart.
basically my vape all over the uh, the board. Yeah, take a picture of that. Oh, cool that looks. Hold on. So cool. I'm gonna put that as my cover photo now. Over the line, over the line show.com. Thank you guys for hanging out. And thank you for those of you listening live for being so uh so excited. It's so nice is to say you're glad the podcast is back after an extended vacation. And yes, we have Big budget visual effects here. Like <laughs> smoke machines and everything. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, my girlfriend, my lovely partner in crime, Trish, is here with me for the first time ever. She's trying to do this podcast with me. We'll try to make sure she's on here more often would love to have her sit in from time to time it makes it easier on me when i've actually got somebody to conversate with it, it, until we get the interviews rolling like we're wanting to as most of y'all know we're trying to go in a direction of uh a very and i hate to use this analogy because i don't want to sound like a copycat but it, and this may make me a copycat you know if i am one i'm i'm just gonna admit it but a more Joe Rogan style podcast where we're having in-depth interviews with people, uh, interesting people, people that I'm fascinated with, people that you guys that listen are fascinated with, and we just kind of we we kind of want to go that route with the show. So anyway, uh, when we went to the break, we were talking about Tucker Carlson and the the audio that's been released, <laughs> and it's a big to do about what. What Fox News is going to do about Tucker Carlson? They they've got to fire him, according to the left. He's got to go. He said these nasty things on Bubba the Love Sponge uh, a decade ago or longer, and it's just it's it's horrible, horrible, horrible. Even though Tucker is not making legislation, he's not a senator or a congressman or the president. He's a Fox News host. He's an inter- an entertainer. That's all he is. Yet there's a big hubbub about how he is a danger to American society and he's got to go. Right. So uh, we were talking about that and you brought something up during the break um, and I want you to kind of recap that for me because I think it's an interesting point but it's about uh, media personalities or politicians in particular on the left, right? Well, just everybody in general. I think that they're all tied together. And I think that um, a lot of these people are in fraternities and secret societies together. And they rise into power. And they um, do certain acts and catch them on film and catch them on in pictures and stuff so that they can blackmail them and have them basically toe the line while they're in office or, um, you know, in entertainment, if you will. And um, so they may have had this this stuff for 10 years, for all we know, and had it in a little file and just waiting until they needed to use it. Um, now, are you referring to... This is Tucker, but Tucker I'm just saying, stuff. like, with the governor of Virginia or any of these um, politicians. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I mean, with Tucker's case, it's probably a little different because he was on... Uh, radio airwaves and he knew that he didn't mm-hmm. anticipate on 
being in the position that he's in now. Well, he and, I, and I don't that... necessarily mean him, but if you if you look at some of the things that these guys do when they're in fraternities and in these secret societies, um, it, it's you kind of wonder why they're doing it to begin with, and then letting photographic evidence be taken. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, some of the stuff that they've done is just unbelievable. Well, yeah, at, at the know? very least, we know people are getting this information that's that's either happened because of some sort of fraternity or it's just something stupid they've done or said in the past. They're getting it and they're sitting on it, waiting either either waiting for the person to do something that is not in their interest. Exactly. So they can then approach them or they're being proactive with it going to the person and saying, hey, I've got this, and uh, I'm basically going to hold you at ransom, and you need to do what I need you to do. Otherwise, this is going to come out and ruin you. I'm going to put this stuff Mm -hmm. out there. So it could be a a few different things, but I I think that's a solid point that uh, there is no doubt that there is blackmail that goes on in Washington, D.C., even on state levels in these political circles in order to get done what people want done. Well, and if you, and this is kind of conspiracy theory, you know, but if you look at a lot of these parties, these people go to, you see the same people in the pictures. It's the Hollywood crowd. It's the media, it's the politicians, and they're all rubbing elbows together. Um, So it's not far fetched to believe that it is all connected. Yeah. There's a, there's no doubt about it. Uh, another, can I do this real quick? Uh, a big story that's out right now, and, and I got to talk about Meatless Monday, but <laughs> a big story that's out right now, and, and I'm seeing this on the New York Post um, front page. It says Pelosi blinks. She has said that impeachment, the impeachment of Donald Trump, is just not worth it right now that she is basically willing to ride out the next year plus, I guess would be almost two years, if you're thinking about the the the, the swapping of the, the handing off of the baton, passing mm-hmm. the torch, right. if Donald Trump doesn't win the election. She's saying that there's no reason to impeach. It's just not worth it. And I don't know any details on this because I'm just now seeing this for the first time, but it is no coincidence. And I'll go ahead and tell you, and I'm, I pride myself on being able to analyze stories just from looking at the headlines Mm -hmm. because in, in the business of, of talking about politics, a lot of it is the same stuff over and over, you know, In, in this business, I think most, most of my colleagues that are in radio would probably say the same thing. A lot of it, you can look at the, the headline. Not to say you don't need to read the story. You always need to read the story because the headlines are misleading in a lot of cases. But you can look at a headline, get a feel for the story, and talk about it for 15, 20 minutes and give a good, in-depth analysis of the story, what it means, what are the repercussions, so on and so forth. Um, this one... In particular, it is no coincidence that she is saying this as we are anticipating this week the release of the final Mueller report 
from the Russia investigation. These people have their hands on that report. They're not saying that, but you can guarantee they do. Right. Republicans do not. If Republicans did, they would probably be already out talking about it and say, huh, we told you, because it's going to be the biggest end zone dance that they could possibly do. They would not be able to wait on it. They would not be able to keep that a secret. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, because the Mueller team is corrupt, there's conflicts of interest, everybody's tied in together, the left and the Mueller team, they're getting their hands on it. They've been able to get their hands on whatever they want when it comes to the Mueller investigation. They now know there's not diddly squat in those findings, and they want to get out in front of it and Shows a distance or so. say, yeah. hey, we said we're just going to ride this thing out before the Mueller report even came out. Mm -hmm. So that had nothing to do with it. Right. Guarantee you that's where they're going with it. But apparently... Nancy Pelosi said today that she's against impeaching Trump, quote, unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, which is exactly the point. There isn't. But she is surely up to speed on, on what evidence Democrats actually have against Trump, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that's that's the stuff from the New York Post. I won't go through and read that story. They're basically saying what I just told you. See, you can give in-depth analysis. I don't even have to read the story. <laughs> I already knew what I was going to say. Uh, so that's going to be something interesting that we're going to be following in the days to come, and we'll be talking about on this podcast as well. Meatless Mondays, that's much more important than what Nancy Pelosi says about impeachment. Um, have you heard this story yet? Well, I actually, yeah, I heard the story, but I actually thought that's something Michelle Obama did a long time ago. Well, and, and you're right in a sense. Michelle Obama didn't necessarily have a designated meatless lunch for schools, but they did transform the lunch into being something much more, quote unquote, healthy for the kids to fight childhood obesity and all this other crap which was a big flop because you can't force children to eat, especially, you know, in a kid's age, in my kid's age, at eight years old, there's not a whole lot of freedom of choice that he has. Yeah, he just wants pizza. It's Well, and it's, it's pretty, <laughs> there, there's a very limited amount of things that he is able to be out on his own and make a, decision for himself mm -hmm. on right one of those decisions that he is able to make is what he does and does not eat at school mm -hmm. he's got the choice to either not eat at all throw his lunch in the garbage or the next day ask his his mom or his dad to pack his lunch and send it with him so he can have what he wants but he's got that decision so when the michelle obama stuff happened and the lunches were garbage, kids were just throwing the food away. So instead of fighting childhood obesity, you were just wasting a ton of food while children in Ethiopia were starving. Right. That's all the, the Michelle Obama lunch program, uh, that's all it accomplished. And this will be the exact same thing. Now, this is just for New York City. Mayor Bill de Blasio has come out and says, Meatless Monday. We're going to transform school lunches, and one day a week, on Monday, we will have no meat whatsoever in an effort to 
yes, fight, fight childhood obesity and some other things, but his main goal, his main reason for Meatless Monday, are you ready? Mm-hmm. To combat climate change. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> Keeping meat, horrible anti-climate meat out of the hands of children to save the planet. Is this about cow farts? Yes. <laughs> you better believe it is. I have a question for you. All right. Do you think this would have happened if Anthony Weiner won that election? Mm, probably not. I, you know, it's it's a good question to ask if Anthony Weiner would be on the side <laughs> of something like the New Green Deal. But Anthony Weiner can't be against me because all you think is hot dog. Exactly. I That's mean, why I asked. You can't think. I mean, there's obviously something else you can associate with that. But hot dog, Anthony Weiner, Weiner can't go meatless Monday. No way. There's nobody. Okay. I stand corrected. Nobody's going to be more against a meatless Monday than Anthony Weiner. Um, so meatless Monday, he comes out, he makes the announcement. Let me Let me just play you the audio of his announcement. This is... This is just a, a collage, a montage of, of his announcement. The, the whole thing was like a freaking hour long. Oh, Lord. Which how much can you how much can you say in an hour about Meatless Monday? Apparently, he knows the answer to that. I couldn't pull it off. All right, Bill De Blasio, Meatless Monday announcement from earlier today. If they will be so kind as to entertain this. <laughs> There's actually a channel called Meatless Monday. This is amazing. Well, I'm telling you, this is not the first time. They had a Meatless Monday during the Obama time. I just don't know where it was. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I can't seem to... Uh... I may not be able to find it, by the way. Let me see. Let me do a little of this. I had fun tonight. Oh, watch your mouth. Don't know what you, don't want to know what you did tonight. Um. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, here we go. Bill de Blasio announces meeting. We are now Monday. announcing today that in 15 public schools in Brooklyn, we will be instituting meatless Monday. <laughs> but I'd like to add some uh, personal commitment to this. So I'm here to announce that at Gracie Mansion we are now going to be instituting Meatless Mondays as well. We're starting a new... He's a, a Gracie Mansion. That's the governor's mansion. So he is such a brave soldier and such a man of the people that he's not going to tell people what to do and not lead by example. He is going to take the lead lead by example, and he is going to have Meatless Monday in the governor's mansion as well. How brave is that? So brave. So brave. And it's something I'm really looking forward to. There is a climate crisis, and the decisions we make have an impact on that crisis. The obesity crisis. Both of these crises can be meaningfully addressed by adopting more of a plant-based diet. Meatless Monday! <laughs> Those kids are excited about it now. 
just because the cameras are there. Just you wait. Wait till Meatless Monday actually gets here and see how excited those kids are. He went on and on about how these kids are all in agreement with it, and it's great, and all this and that. But they won't be excited Monday. They won't be. Next Monday. It's it's not going to be a happy day. Not for these kids. But the, the, the false assumption of climate change being man-made and the the, the the population of the United States being the primary primary contributors to climate change is completely false. Climate change in the sense of how Democrats talk about it is not a thing. The climate changes. The climate gets really hot. Then the climate gets really cold. And then it meets in the middle. And then it goes back to cold. Then it goes to hot. Then back in the middle. It does that. It's always done that. We've also found out the science that climate changers base their 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 argument on. The numbers were completely concocted. They were fudged. The books were cooked. And we caught them red-handed, yet they're still going on with this stuff and still basing their argument in those facts that have been proven to be false. I say facts, obviously, using that loosely. Here's Bill de Blasio again actually at a school let me see if i can what are you doing twitter let's see uh breaking i got it from this breaking 911 twitter feed which if you don't have them on twitter i highly suggest you do so they actually put some good stuff out there bill de blasio at the cafeteria of PS 130 in Brooklyn. I guess that's the name of the school or whatever. I'm here at the cafeteria PS 130 in Brooklyn with these amazing kids. I was spending time with fourth graders, seventh graders, and they are passionate about wanting to make sure they are healthy and the earth is healthy. And they believe in Meatless Mondays. And I want you to know why we're going to do it for the whole school system because we need our kids to be healthy and a more balanced diet, more vegetables, more fruits, more meatless options. Good for everyone, good for the earth too. We know that we're gonna to have to do a lot to fight global warming. That includes looking at how our food is produced and choosing some other options, striking a better balance. That's what this is all about. And I gotta tell you, when you're talking to a 10-year-old and they know this is good for their body and good for the earth, that proves we're going in the right direction. No, 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 no. The 10-year-old does not know. The 10-year-old is agreeing with you because you told them that that was a fact. You told them that because they're not going to eat meat on Monday, it's good for their body and good for the earth. It's like, well, even a 10-year-old knows it, so it shows you it's true. What? How does a 10-year-old saying it show that it's true? It doesn't. I think there there is a more sinister plan when it comes to this in particular. Obviously, it takes their 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 one agenda of climate change which is strictly based on crashing the economy which is what democrats want to do they want to crash the economy and then force the people of the of the union to look their way for the help i wonder if the meat industry is going to sue like they did oprah they should (laughs) um but they want to crash the economy because they want me and you to look their way and say please help us we have nowhere else to go the jobs are gone. Everything's dried up. 
we we can't eat we can't live they're like sure we can uh, feed you just not meat on monday <laughs> but they take that that ideal that 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 strategy that agenda and they latch on other things that they want to that and they blend them together Forcing kids to eat what they say they're allowed to eat is one of those things because Democrats know indoctrination and anything you can do to prepare children to be Democrat voters in the future is the way to go. They want people that that they, they want kids to grow up to be in the demographics that are going to vote for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I don't want to say vegetarians notoriously vote left, but I wouldn't be shocked if a majority did. Is that, you think that's a stretch for me to say? I know that's, that's very, uh, that's a pretty big assumption Mm -hmm. because to tie what you eat to your political views, but I feel like that would be the case. Okay. So that's one thing. But the people that are not eating meat because they think it's saving the planet or that it's stopping climate change or preventing cow farts from going into the atmosphere, people in that demographic most certainly will be voting left. Well, people in that demographic have not been vegetarian because have you ever had a vegetarian diet? Of course not. Okay. That's well, you can crazy. replace the cow farts with human farts. When oh, you yeah. Those are much more dangerous. I could see that. <laughs> it's dangerous. I could see, like, it's nothing but deadly farts and green diarrhea. Yeah. It's daubs all day long. All, all day long. All day long. So, and this will not stop. This will continue on from meatless Monday to meatless every day. Next thing you know, uh, they're making the kids drink soy milk because they want to turn these children into a bunch of soy boys who will then uh, end up v- voting for Democrats. You think about it. That's a real thing, though. You know that, right? I, I, yeah, I do. Your headphones sound better now, don't they? Yeah, they do. I just plugged them all the way in. Oh, well, that's probably when I ripped time. them out earlier. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, soy boy is a real thing. And, yeah. and it pumps these these female, these feminine hormones, whatever they're called. Right into your body that's what the Mm -hmm. soy contains and democrats they they push their agenda through based on emotion correct correct now if you're overloaded if you're a male overloaded with female hormones you're probably going to be more emotional than you were before you got all those Mm -hmm. hormones pumped in your body thus your decision making is severely altered into the overwhelming sensitivity and emotional feelings you have it's gonna it's gonna dictate your your decisions and and literally i know that sounds crazy and very alex jones like no 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 it doesn't think but it's it's part of a strategy a very sinister strategy well they've actually done studies on it and they have noticed in um, Democrats and left-leaning people that they have lower testosterone than men do. Mm-hmm. They've actually done studies. And they do attribute a lot of that to soy. Yeah. They actually do. It's right. a real thing. Put soy in your Starbucks. Have soy with, with your meatless Monday meal. Yeah. And you're going to have a bunch of 
feminine transgender athletes <laughs> running around. It's, again, it's sinister and it sounds crazy, but the left is that extreme. They're that sick that they don't mind doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's how important power is to them. They want to implement socialism in this country. And I heard uh, uh, my friend Leland talking about socialism on the radio today. And he gave some very good analogies. Uh, and he said, uh, he was talking about the popularity of socialism in this country is getting scary. Mm-hmm. How many people are are uh, being drawn to the people that are running for office or that are sitting in Congress that are promoting, openly promoting socialism. He said, socialism doesn't work. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. We have past examples. We have current examples. We have all these indicators that socialism is bad in whatever form. He said, but the, the worst part of it is that in every case, socialism is voted in by the people and the only way to get out of it is to have blood spilled in the streets. It's what it always turns into, especially if you're going to have socialism in a country where the Second Amendment is a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, most most uh, most tries at socialism always resulted in people losing their firearms because they didn't have a constitution. They didn't have a Second Amendment. Here, that's not the case. But he says socialism is a thing where it gets voted in, and the only way to end it is to shoot your way out of it. Right. And that's a scary thought, that 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 America, in a short 15 or 20 years, with the wrong candidate, the wrong president, the wrong couple presidents, could be in a situation where blood's being spilled in the streets for political reasons, and I'm talking something much worse than MAGA hat wearers being assaulted just for wearing the hat. Mm -hmm. We're talking about mass casualty, bad, bad stuff. And it's all going to be a result of socialism. It's going to be a result of massive power outages, people not being able to afford food, electricity, uh, uh, not having jobs, starving to death, whatever. It's just a very, very scary thing to think about. But it's reality. It is. And people have to know that. Have to know that. All right. We got to get out of here. It is Why way late. As the kids told me. And way cold. Shut up, Bill de Blasi. <laughs> what are you doing? Get out of my head. Um, I want to do this. This ran way too late. I did not mean to do the podcast for this long. But thank you for hanging out with no, me you're today. You're welcome. I'm going to do this. And I think this is a good idea for us to do. Especially if you're going to be, be here with me on some episodes. I start reading off headlines to you. Okay. And you tell me when you hear a very interesting, not just, I kind of like to know what that's about, a very interesting headline. You stop me, and that's the headline we're going to talk about. That sounds fun. We, it, It's got to be a game, though. We got to call it something. We'll call it exposed or what are those? Oh, gosh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't insane. know. We'll we'll come up. We'll come up with something. All right, I'm gonna start. You ready? Um, Facebook backtracks after removing Elizabeth Warren's breakup Facebook ads. Apple spikes climate skeptics app. Um 
2020 Dems aim to make inroads with rural America. Let me give you some more interesting ones. Uh, da, 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 da. Illegals crossing from Canada on the rise. Uh, mumps. Other outbreaks forced detention centers to quarantine over 2,000. Um, I'm making him squirm. Who, me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I should have made a list of these. Uh, Dick Cheney challenges Pence at elite retreat, compares foreign policy Let's do to Obama. One. And it says, accompanying, uh, accompanying this story, there's an awkward interview. Well, my question is, did he bring a shotgun? <laughs> no. He's he's not fighting socialism on a hunting trip gone wrong just yet. Um, all right, let me see. Let me just read you the first part of this, and if I can find this awkward interview it talks about, we will uh, play it. In a private session, the former vice president told the current one that Trump's policy looks too much like Barack Obama's. He lit into Mike Pence behind closed doors over the direction of of the Trump administration's foreign policy, uh, floating a set of agreed-upon subjects and forcing Pence on the on the defensive over President Donald Trump's foreign policy. Keep in mind, Dick Cheney and his foreign policy is what got us into the exactly. war in Afghanistan and right. Iraq. The former <laughs> vice president interviewed Pence at the American Enterprise Institute's annual World Forum in Sea Island, Georgia, uh, an off-the-record confab attended by approximately 200 top-dollar Republican donors, lawmakers, and business leaders who flock to the private island every spring. I said Sea Island, Georgia? It says Sea Island, GA. I guess that's Georgia. That's Georgia. Cheney pressed Pence about Trump's uh, proclivity... Is it a word? Is it a yes. word? Yes, that's a word. Um, for making major policy announcements on Twitter and is off and on com commitment to NATO, according to forum meeting attendant. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so there's no no uh interview to actually uh watch here. But it was the fact that Dick Cheney was hammering Mike Pence to his face. Gotta give him credit for that. But he was doing it in front of a crowd in an interview that was obviously an ambush mm -hmm. that I'm sure Mike Pence didn't know about, saying that Trump's foreign policy is identical to Barack Obama's. Could you think of anything not only more inaccurate than that, but more ironic because of the person asking that question? Now, you've done a lot of... Uh, research on the bush administration yeah on dick cheney you know plenty about that stuff and these aren't necessarily i don't want to say they're not smart people but they are people that made lots of decisions that affected you and i and everybody else that they knew was not the best decision for the american people but it was the best decision for them whether that was because of money whether that was because of um, political gain or whatever the case is, they made some very bad decisions. So if anybody's <clears throat> foreign policy mimics that of Barack Obama, it's going to be Dick Cheney and George W. Bush. I think they made self-serving decisions. There ain't no doubt about that. Yeah.
Ain't no doubt. All right, we're about to get out of here. One more before we go. There was one I wanted to throw at you, and I may not be able to find it. Government uh, to scan your face at the uh, airports. Mm, desperate swarm sewage drains for water. Oh, this is in Venezuela. Think about that. that. Back to the socialism thing. People are swarming sewers just to get water yeah. in Venezuela. How sad is that? Um, Mueller report, blah, 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 blah. We had the um, Ethiopian airline that crashed. You heard mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. They have officially recovered that black box, so that will tell us a lot about uh, what happened there. Uh, and I guess that's it. I feel like I had a bizarre story about like a transgender or something. But there's always those stories out there, so. It is what it is. We're going to get out of here, Trish, again. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. For coming out here tonight. This was fun. And I'm, I know the people here appreciate it as well. She's waving at <laughs> y'all. Do you have one of those sleeves where your thumb goes through yes. it? Did you make that? No, it's not oh. a running jacket. <laughs> See? I haven't seen that since Jinkos and... 90s gear back when well, I was I usually in wear it like this. I usually don't, but I'm freezing right now. It's pretty cold in here. That's fancy. <sighs> OverTheLineShow.com. Y'all make sure and check it out. Also, this will be available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you go, especially Apple Podcasts, go and give us a rating, a five-star rating. Give us a review and show us some love. It actually helps us in the long run. Until next time... See you, Carl.